Welcome to the Storytime Clinic, where children's books and health collide. I'm your host, pediatrician Dr. Mfan Umwaren, and in every episode, I spotlight a children's book featuring a character with a health condition. My goal is to inspire conversations that will help all of us better understand and support kids with health conditions. Dear friends, happy new month. We have marched ourselves right out of fabulous February and now we are in maybe March. Maybe March in the sense of maybe winter will be over soon, March. Mm -hmm. That's the month we're in now. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of the Storytime Clinic. This is episode number 35. And today we are going to be talking all about dragons, what they are, how to get your hands on them, how to train your dragon, and so on. But let's get started with that first question, shall we? What is a dragon? Well, a dragon is a fierce, powerful, and mythical creature. It's kind of like the lizard of the sky. You know, it flies through the air, breathing fire on unsuspecting victims. (laughs) Okay, I'm not actually going to go into the anatomy and characteristics of dragons and their history and whatnot. This is still the Storytime Clinic. Our primary focus is still on children and childhood illnesses. But the reason why I take this what seems like such a random tangent is that our book today actually features a main character who is a dragon. And the name of that book is A Dragon with ADHD by Steve Herman. Now, this book is part of a 53 book series, all focused around dragons, but not really. So the main character is a dragon, but the themes are actually very different scenarios and circumstances that really many children face. And um, these books are kind of used as a tool and introduction to teach children about social and emotional learning and coping skills in ways that are relatable and engaging. Okay, So now that we know the actual topic of today's podcast episode, ADHD, let's go ahead and get started. All right, so what exactly is ADHD? What is this hodgepodge of letters that we have thrown together? What does that stand for? ADHD is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. It is a neurobehavioral condition, meaning that there's something a little bit different in the way uh, the brain is wired for people who have ADHD and the way they process things, process information um, that causes their behavior to be a little bit different. ADHD is a pretty common condition. Close to 10% of children in the United States are diagnosed with ADHD. And this is something that starts pretty early on in childhood. In fact, one of the things that you need to have for a diagnosis of ADHD is that these behaviors must have started when a child is very young. So before the age of seven, 
And ADHD is a chronic condition, meaning that people who have ADHD are going to continue to be affected into adolescence and into adulthood as well, even though the behaviors that they struggle with may change over time. So let's break this down even further. What does ADHD actually look like practically? Well, the symptoms of ADHD really revolve around three areas, hyperactive behavior, inattentive behavior, trouble paying attention, and impulsivity. So impulsive behavior. Now, to look at a few examples of these different areas, why don't we turn to our book, again, A Dragon with ADHD by Steve Herman, and let's meet our dragon. All right, so let's meet our dragon. Our dragon character in this book, his name is Didgeridoo, which I think is fantastic as a name. Probably the only better dragon name I have heard is Mushu in Milan. That was one of my favorite movies, <laughs> so I'm a little biased. But regardless, I love the name Didgeridoo for this character. And Didgeridoo is a wonderful friend to this little boy named Drew. Didgeridoo has lots of phenomenal things that he can do. He is funny. He can tell great stories. He makes Drew laugh. He can sneeze and start a campfire. <laughs> so there's lots of fun things about having Didgeridoo as a friend. But sometimes Didgeridoo also struggles a little bit with his behavior. Didgeridoo has a lot of energy, full of energy. He is always bouncing up and down the place. He can't sit still. And this is particularly difficult when he is in the classroom and he is supposed to be sitting down. He keeps jumping up and getting around and walking around the room. And he just seems to talk and talk and talk when he gets excited and he can't stop himself. So these are some examples of symptoms of hyperactivity, um, one of the main components of the ADHD diagnosis. So hyperactive behavior. It may seem like a child is driven by a motor, just constantly, constantly moving, always fidgeting, squirming, can't stay still for anything, talking all the time, can't play quietly, and does all these things in situations where this is not permitted. So it usually becomes a big problem in a classroom kind of setting or in church or other places like that. So those are hyperactive symptoms. We also learn in the classroom setting that Didgeridoo just has a hard time uh, letting the teacher finish what she's saying. He interrupts. He doesn't mean to, but it seems like he just can't hold himself back. And so he interrupts people a lot of times. And he has a hard time waiting his turn as well. And these can be examples of impulsive behavior. So children may have a hard time waiting for things or taking turns, may have a hard time allowing other people to finish speaking. They might interrupt frequently or um, answer questions in class before the teachers are done asking them. It may seem like they are acting or speaking without thinking sometimes. And that is 
impulsive behavior. And finally, we see some examples as well of Didgeridoo just having a hard time focusing. It seems like he is easily distracted. So whether he's playing or whether he's been asked to do something, he just can never really quite finish what it is that he's doing without starting something else. So initially he is playing with blocks and then he's like, I'm going to go play basketball. And then in a few minutes, he's like, I'm actually just going to go do a puzzle instead. And a few minutes later, he's doing something else. When Drew's mom asks him to clean his room, he says, okay, no problem. But by the time he gets up to his room, it seems like he's forgotten completely about what he was asked to do. And he gets distracted and he's making paper airplanes and doing other things. So this is an example of inattention. Children with ADHD, sometimes they have a hard time following through with instructions that they're given. Sometimes they have a hard time finishing what they have started. Parents and teachers may see them as being disorganized and um, really forgetful. Unfortunately, sometimes parents and teachers may think that they just don't care about what they're doing, that they are being careless, making mistakes, that they're not listening. So these are some examples of inattentive behavior. So those are the three different areas, hyperactivity, impulsivity, and inattention. And our dragon didgeridoo had all three of these, but some kids will show more of a certain type of behavior than another one. As a whole, boys tend to have more hyperactive symptoms and girls tend to struggle more with inattention, but really either gender can show any of the symptoms that we've talked about here. So didgeridoo ends up being taken to the doctor to figure out exactly what is going on with these behaviors. And that's where he learns that he has ADHD. And how do we typically actually diagnose ADHD? Well, there's no test. There is no lab work. There's no imaging that we really do to diagnose ADHD. Really what it is, is getting reports from the people in the child's life um, who are experiencing their behavior. So we as doctors will get input from the parents, we'll get input from school teachers, because it's really important to actually see how these behaviors are affecting children. So some people may say, oh, this is just kids being kids, right? Kids will run around a little bit more than we want them to. Kids are going to talk a little bit more than we want them to. And while that is sometimes true, what we really look for in this situation is, are these behaviors constant? Are these behaviors frequent and severe? And are these behaviors interfering with a child's ability to function, to do what they're expected to do, and to live life normally? That's what we look at in terms of diagnosing ADHD. It's got to be causing significant problems in school. Um, for older kids, we think about their work life. That's going to be an issue for them as well. And then really, really importantly, we have to make sure that 
there's no other reason why these behaviors are happening. And this is a key one. There could be other medical reasons why a child might be having issues in school or at home. Particularly, we want to make sure the child doesn't have other learning disabilities that we have to deal with differently. Things like dyslexia, issues with reading, might make a child have trouble focus or concentrating on their schoolwork and might make them less motivated to actually do that schoolwork at a certain point. And so we got to make sure that we have um, explored the possibility of other learning disabilities and we have ruled those out. We got to make sure that um, children are not dealing with mental health issues, things like anxiety and depression. These can also have a huge effect on behavior. And so we've got to think about things like that as well. And then really, really importantly, in the adolescent and the teenager age group, we want to make sure that this is not a matter of substance abuse or experimenting with drugs. That's also really, really important. We've got to think about the home situation. What is happening in that child's life? Are they dealing with um, a divorce? Are they dealing with a death in the family? Are they dealing with a parent being sick? Are they dealing with homelessness, poverty? Like there's so much other stuff that could be happening in a child's environment that can manifest itself as behavioral issues. So there's lots of things that a doctor is going to consider before making a diagnosis of ADHD. Before Didgeridoo gets his diagnosis of ADHD, he's a bit sad and we see him struggling a little bit with the idea that he's different in some way, but he doesn't know quite what is going on and why he acts the way he does. And this is a feeling that it can be relatable for some kids and some people who have ADHD. The behaviors that go along with ADHD can cause some problems in relationships with other people. So you can imagine a child whose parents keep telling them to do something over and over and over again, and they just they just don't do it or they forget. Um, you know, that can kind of strain the parent-child relationship a little bit because um, a parent is going to get frustrated with a child who um, just does not seem to pay attention, doesn't seem to be following instructions. So there can be some frustration in that relationship. And a child might end up feeling bad about themselves, having a lower self-esteem because they feel like they're always disappointing their parent in some way. Uh, some other children might internalize some of what they hear from their parents or their teachers. Um, teachers are also going to be really frustrated with these kids, might think that they're troublemakers, that they are causing disruptions in the class uh, intentionally. And so this might give kids a bad reputation in school as well. So that negative perception um, is something that children might internalize for themselves. This can cause them trouble academically just not to do that well in school because they're not able to focus. And as they get older into their teenage years and they're holding jobs, um, this is also an area that they have a lot of responsibility. And these behavioral issues, these issues with attention, forgetfulness, organization, all these things are going to play out in the workplace as well. So there's really a lot of ways that ADHD can affect a child's life. 
And this is one of the reasons why it is important to get to that diagnosis of ADHD if that is truly what's going on so that a child can be linked up with the help and with the support that they need to manage this condition appropriately. So for some people, when they get a diagnosis of ADHD, it's a bit of a relief to know that there's there's a reason behind why I have been struggling with some of the behaviors that I am struggling with. For Didgeridoo in the book, it was a little bit different. It, it made him a bit sad because he didn't want to be different from everybody else. And so the book steps in and does a great job of showing a bunch of different famous people who have ADHD and who have done amazing things. And it does a great job of also emphasizing the idea that you are not your disease. So Didgeridoo has ADHD, but it does not define who he is. And uh, it really made a point of showing all his other amazing characteristics and his abilities so that this label, this diagnosis of ADHD is not the thing that defines him or makes him. I thought the book did an excellent job of showing that aspect. So when we talk about the management of ADHD, a lot of it really, really comes down to behavioral management and behavioral training. So teaching children important skills that are going to set them up for success given their ADHD, teaching parents and teachers how to uh, create environments that will allow children to be most successful and how to respond to behaviors in ways that don't aggravate the situation, but that reinforce positive behavior for that child. Again, we talked about how ADHD is really going to um, play into how well a child can perform in the school setting. And so definitely creating good habits around the school environment is super, super important. So Didgeridoo learns simple techniques such as writing things down uh, so that he does not forget the tasks that he needs to do. He learns how to time himself when he has a task so that he can focus on just that one thing until the timer is done before moving on to something else. So it's nice to see just a couple of examples of how behavioral training can be done in that sense. There are some medications for ADHD as well, and these medications can temporarily help with focus and concentration in the short term. So there are some kids that would benefit from using medications, let's say for the time period that they're in school. So it can kind of last them through the school day, sometimes a little bit longer uh, to cover the time when they need to get homework and all those types of projects done. So they might just take medications on school days. Now on the weekends and on vacations, when there is less required of them in terms of sitting still and focusing and getting through certain tasks, then they might not need to take medications during those time periods. Now, it's always important, um, first of all, it's always important to discuss any of these things personally with your doctor if it's about your child. I'm not giving any uh, specific medical advice here. 
But for every child, I think it's so, so important to include that behavioral component, whether or not they're taking medications. Because as I mentioned, medications are going to have a short-term effect only. These are not long-lasting effects. It's not getting rid of or taking away of anything underlying. But if you're teaching a child behavioral skills, if you're teaching them organization skills, you're giving them a foundation that can be long-lasting and that can serve them in lots of different environments as they get older. So behavioral management is always going to be super, super important, plus or minus medications in different scenarios, depending on what has been discussed between a doctor and the family and the child. And those are the two main categories we look at when we are talking about treating ADHD. And with that, we have come to the end of our tale, our dragon's tale, that is. <laughs> Guys, this was actually a very, very resourceful little book. Again, that's A Dragon with ADHD by Steve Herman. You can go to www.mydragonbook.com to check out this book, as well as many, many, many other books in the series. Um, there's a lot of good stuff out there. So check it out. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I will see you next time for a very, very special interview episode. Don't miss it. For the show notes and links to the books I cover in this episode, please head over to the podcast website at www.storytimeclinic.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with other people who may be interested. I'd also love to hear from you if you have book suggestions or health topics you'd like to see me cover. If you want to give me some feedback and help me make this podcast more valuable for you, you can leave a review on iTunes or send me an email at thestorytimeclinic at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and I will see you in the next episode.